0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you
0: cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage.
1: everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. It's episode 116. Jimmy and Brandon are with me, Steve, and we are going to talk about Roma's 2-0 victory at the Olympico Less than 24 hours ago, we're recording uh, Monday morning, thanks to the holiday here in the U.S. So guys, how are you feeling after that victory yesterday?
0: I'm feeling pretty good, man. Um, granted, this is not the Fiorentina of years past, but they've still got some interesting players in that side. Like you could, Luka jo- Jovic, Um Jack Bonaventura, uh, Kwame, like interesting players who I wouldn't mind seeing in a Roma kit at some point. And the fact that Roma was able to pull out a clean sheet win uh, was pretty impressive, even even though they were obviously very much helped out by that red card to not Roma's former Dodo, but uh, another Brazilian named Dodo. Um, So yeah, I, I would say it was a necessary win, but that doesn't mean that we can't just, you know, appreciate the fact that Once again, in 2023, things are looking rather good for the general Rossi.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that um, you would have liked to see them maybe score a little bit more having so long with the man advantage, but uh, we'll take a two-nothing result. um, And, you know, Tammy getting that pair of assists will do wonders for his confidence. I think we'll look back and... Look at that game, uh, saving clearance up in the Bologna match as the moment that things kind of started to turn around for Tammy. And then this is just the next step in um, that that path to full confidence. So it was great to see him um, combine with Paolo like that. And then obviously Dibala doing Dibala things again. It seems like the umpteenth game in a row where he's just doing creating a moment of magic out of nothing and putting the team on his back and getting us the result um so you know there's still obviously things to work on but as Jimmy said it's it's a pretty good start to the year so far
1: yeah unbeaten on the calendar year so far uh three wins including the copo, the one draw at Milan which could end up being a big point in the end of, of the season when all is said and done and it could be big for Roma's confidence um the match was definitely conditioned by Dodo getting that red card fairly early in the first half but you you take what they give you, you know, I, I kind of said the same thing to Jim before you got on Brandon that, you know, I would have liked to see him get a, a second goal a little bit earlier and maybe a third just to really kill the match off. But sometimes it's tough against a 10 man side, especially one with the, the decently quality players, of Fiorentina to kind of hold out. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Cause Mourinho didn't mention that, but we have to start with DiBala because I mean, the magic man was added again yesterday after coming off the bench and getting the winner for Roma against a tough Genoa side, a city B side that was really, you know giving Roma some issues in terms of scoring a goal on Thursday he he does the magic and then yesterday again I mean the first goal was lovely the second goal was it was a tap in nice play by Tammy credit to him with the two assists we could talk about him a little bit too but I mean DiBala on, on an XG of 0. 0.4 scores two goals in his 89 minutes I mean <clears throat> uh, 60 touches he was 39 of 43 on his passing that's 91 percent pass percentage eight of 10 on, on long balls I mean, he was switching play beautifully to, to Zalewski a few times. He was more to the right, and Zalewski be wide left. And, I mean, in the match preview, I one of the the two key points I brought up was where the goals coming from? Can someone besides Dybala step up? Well, I mean, Tammy contributed, didn't put the ball in the net, but, I mean, Dybala, he just keeps doing it.
0: I mean, my hot take on that is that the Dybala goals don't happen if there are, aren't good things happening behind him, though. Like, I think that's an important thing to note, that – so often, one of the problem, like, there has to be good linking between defense midfield, midfield, kind of attacking midfield, which is where DiBala, in my mind, generally sits, and the forward. And we often, one of the big problems when we don't have Dybala is that there's just no real link-up play happening. And what we saw to- yesterday was a club that actually was linking things well at pretty much all levels in the match like I saw far more out of Brian Cristante and Eduardo Bove together than I normally did um than I normally do for either of them when they're playing um we need to at some point have a conversation about Lorenzo Pellegrini in more of an attacking midfield role I I still don't 100% know where he's supposed to fit into this tactic which is a interesting problem to have I guess that n- neither Pellegrini nor Zaniolo feel like perfect fits for the way we've been setting up the starting 11. Um, But yeah, overall, I would say that, you know, the rumors are already out there that Roma is working to give Dybala a juicy contract extension, getting rid of that uh, chant, the, 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 The word for it. This is this is embarrassing. Release clause. Um, they're getting trying to get rid of that international slash domestic release clause. And you know what? I mean, like it's obvious why he's without a doubt the most talented player to play for this club since Francesco Totti. And I we were talking about this yesterday in our in our little chat. I think that uh, it's more likely than not that by the end of the 2024 season. Um, that DiBala, if he's still in Rome, will be wearing that 10 kit.
2: Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, when uh, Steve was was initially talking, I was I was thinking about in my mind how watching the match, how interesting it was, seeing things happen when the play was going through DiBala juxtaposed against what was going on um, when Pellegrini was when well, the play was going through Pellegrini, and this isn't. To bash Pellegrini, but he, he had a little bit of a rough game, I think we all yeah. can agree on. Um and it was just interesting to see that because it's it's so very clear like the play needs to go through Paulo. Um I don't think anybody can argue that really uh I know we all agree that Pellegrini is a great attacking midfielder and especially so last season. Um and so I don't I don't know if it's it's a matter of um you know, toggling back and forth between positions or maybe a little hit to the confidence that you're not the main guy in terms of, um, you know, producing on offense anymore. But uh, yesterday was a little bit rough because there was, there was plenty of the, uh, careless touches or poor passes that you kind of just throw your hands in the and You're like, come on, Pellegrini. I thought we were beyond this, such was the growth that he showed last year. Um, but... You know, I think all that is to say that it's it's very clear that the play needs to go through Dybala. um Almost every time he's on the ball, he's making something happen. And, um, you know, if he continues to develop this partnership with Tammy, like we're starting to see glimpses of, I think that's going to bode very well for Roma's second half of the season.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm Pellegrini very quiet game by his standards um you know he's taken a little bit of a step back in terms of overall numbers this year compared to last year he was a bit of an injury doubt in this one i don't know if that's why he came off at halftime against genoa I didn't get to watch that match live uh but only 21 touches 15 to 17 passing so very kind of a uh, subdued match for him but dibali yeah i mean everything going through him dropping a little bit deeper into the midfield to receive the ball and some of those those switches he was playing just to open up play he makes so many things happen and and Tammy had a very good match, very strong match, in my opinion, um, without touching the ball a whole lot. Uh, only 22 touches, 9-12 to passing, but one big chance created, two assists for Dybala. I mean, he's got to be feeling good about himself after getting the the tying goal late in Milan last week in stoppage time. He got that uh, really what was worth a goal defensively, saving that that goal against Bologna late in that match. So he's starting to, I think, feel good about himself. I mean, post-match, he was... He was very happy. He, um, he said after the match, "I saw myself learn another side of my game today. Usually, I provide the goals, but today I provided the assists. So I'm happy for DiBala. I'm happy for his goals, and now obviously he needs to give me two goals. So he was in a very, you know, good mood after, and and for good reason because he was a big reason why Roma was able to get the three points yesterday. You you want your striker scoring goals, and he admitted he'd rather be scoring the goals, uh, more goals than he has. Um, but the most important thing is the three points, and and I think that was uh. Very positive to see, especially with, you know, the the race for the Champions League spots looking like they're going to be very tight throughout the season. The the better Tammy's feeling about himself, the better shape Roma will be. And especially like you said, that partnership is starting to grow between him and diball Ball, and he acknowledged that.
0: Yeah, I think I would also just add that the good thing strikers can be strikers get the reputation of being very selfish players. Uh, they get just in general, like regardless of what strike you're talking about, I think that's a kind of a trope for the position that they're really only looking out for them and that at their worst, you know, they're not involved in link up play. They're just expecting nice chances to be given to them on a silver platter. Whether it's with Dybala now or you know, Zaniolo when Zaniolo was looking a little bit better. Uh Abraham has, you know, worked well with other forwards and other kind of attacking players throughout his time in Rome, which isn't always the case even for great strikers. And I think that's something that we should appreciate. Uh, obviously, you know, his form for the first half of the season was pretty miserable, but that doesn't make him particularly unique um, when it comes to Roma attackers. Uh, and I guess I would just say that he's the, I still think that he's the type of striker that Roma want should want to build around um, alongside uh, Paolo Dybala, because he seems like he is eager to work with other excellent forwards and he seems determined enough that even if he has a run of bad form that he's going to like keep pushing through and try to find other ways to con- contribute.
2: I think that last point is exactly what I, what made me fall in love with Tammy last season. Cause even when he wasn't scoring the, the seventy, you know, 79th minute, 89th minute, he's still busting his tail out there trying to press the opponent, track down a ball, loose ball. That sort of thing, you know, that's it's that sort of work ethic that, that makes you fall in love with players. Um, and I think in the first half of the season, either we weren't seeing it that much or, or as much, I would say, or the body language just wasn't there compared to last season. And I think that's starting to shift. Again, going back to um, that clearance, I think if you count that clearance, his game-winning goal, and then the two assists, Provided yesterday, you know, he's directly responsible for Roman's last last six points. Um, so when you when you have that sort of production, your confidence, you know, skyrockets from there and then it's on to bigger and better things, hopefully, for Tammy um or you know, for the rest of the season. So uh, I am not so I'm not concerned about the touches. I mean, if you listen to if you listen to Erling Holland, I think a few weeks ago came out and said, you know, if I if I could get five touches and five goals and we win, that's the perfect game. And I think, um, you know, T- Tammy's game isn't isn't like Erling's, uh. But I think, by and large, that that notion rings true, um, for strikers. And I think, but, and um, especially with Paulo, there it's 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 less important for Tammy to to be in the buildup as compared to last season when. It was really just Pellegrini and him shouldering the load. But when you have Pellegrini, the ball is on the Olo, Um, it allows you to get closer to the box a little bit and get in those positions to score like a Holland. Um, So I'm not worried, and I think you know we're we're, you know we're going to get a very strong Tammy second half of the season.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing to start the calendar year. I mean, he is starting to show that confidence, like you said, that work ethic. I think he was a little bit downtrodden right before the World Cup. I think he was pressing to try to earn that England World Cup spot, and then. As disappointed as he probably was not to get that call up for the World Cup, I think it just took a weight off his shoulders now that he can just kind of play his game a little bit more without having to worry about impressing Southgate or anyone else. And he can just try to help the team in whichever way he can, whether it's, you know, holding up the ball in transition or yesterday providing assists. And you're right. I Strikers, you can't go off purely their touches, right? It's not like Toti playing a false nine role where you want him involved in every player. Dybala is playing in a false nine role and he's technically your striker for that match you're going to want him touching the ball constantly. Tammy doesn't have to do that. He's uh, like some of our listeners have said in, in tweets and things like he's more of a Fox in the box type striker. get himself in a good position and, and kind of just put home those goals like he did against Milan, right? He was in the right place, right time off of a rebound and, and got that big goal. Another player I was impressed with yesterday um, besides obviously Dybala and Abraham Zalewski, I thought had a very strong 66 minutes before he came off. He got, he got kicked and, 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 a, and a lot of other things yesterday. He actually was the player that drew the second yellow on Dodo and and he took a hard knock. I um, was down for a little bit after that and stand up for 66 minutes. And he had 33 of 34 accurate passes uh, three of three on long balls yesterday. He won seven of nine ground duels. It um, was fouled five times uh, and, and had a couple tackles. I mean, this kid, and, and there was a couple impressive tackles in and around Roma's box early before, I think, um, the, the red card came. and Fiorentina was a little more on the front foot where he just kind of nicked the ball off of, I don't remember if it was Duncan or, or Kwame. I think it was Kwame. And, and it's just, he's turning into a really good all-around player. I mean, for a guy who came up as like an attacking mid-winger type, he, he defends pretty well too now when he has to.
0: Yeah, I would say in general that he's showing himself to be very versatile Of course, that gives me a little bit of uh, PTSD from the Alessandro Florenzi experience. I do want him to, I I wish that there would just be like a sign from above that's just saying like, okay, this is your actual position, play it. Because he is clearly, you know, week in, week out starting for the club. He played pretty significant minutes in one way or another, either as a sub or from the word go at the World Cup for Poland. And he was one of the more exciting young players that I've seen in Rome for several seasons, like probably since in terms of he's not as flashy as Zaniolo was when he came out the gate, but in terms of just being able to put in the, put in the time and put in match after match, excellent performances. It's basically him, Ibanez and, and uh, Zaniolo. Uh, Those three are the most impressive young players to come out of, you know, kind of the youth Uh, over the past several seasons and if Zalewski is able to keep it up like this I think that he could you know
1: really become something special I think he could become a cornerstone of of the the quote unquote project going forward at at this rate I think he already is honestly like
0: the way that it seems to me like he already is um we talk about how Mourinho has been far more interested in playing younger players than he might normally be, or like the trope of Mourinho not playing younger players has been over the course of his managerial career. Uh, I would say that, first of all, that hasn't been true at all in Rome. Um, But second of all, I think that part of the reason why that hasn't been true is because Zalewski was one of the first that he really started giving minutes to, and Zalewski repaid his confidence almost immediately. Uh, I think that we would be in a very different situation if Zalewski had kind of like disappointed. Uh, I don't think that Eduardo Bove would be getting starts, I even in situations where we need the we we don't have the depth to play anyone other than Bove. Um, I don't think Volpato would have gotten as many chances. I think the fact that Zalewski has been successful is officially like a hundred percent a senior team member at this point and is getting a lot of praise definitely reinforce the idea from Mourinho that, you know, you can play the kids from the academy and they will succeed.
2: For that point, I'll, I'll ask you guys, I think I lean Zalewski on this, but uh, at this point in their Roma careers, who would you say is more well-rounded between Zalewski and then Florenzi at this point in time when he was with Roma?
1: I, I would lean Zalewski just because I think he puts in a better defensive shift. I mean, it's a little different right. positionally because yeah, I would agree we have the three-man back line now. So he's a little less, you know, relied on to defend one-on-one. He's usually got Ibanez behind him. And yes, it was Kambula and they they paired up pretty well. Um, and that's the one thing that doesn't worry me as much about him being switched to this position because he's still playing a fairly attacking, you know, wide position at this point where Florenzi was forced to be a, a true right back. Um but I do like Zaleski's game. I think that they're both similar in the sense that they're not big guys, um, and they right, have to be yeah. kind of gritty to play that position. But I think the reason it works so well with Zaleski is because he can play a little more attacking as as a wing back rather than a true left back. I, I, don't, I don't. I think. I think Mourinho would be hesitant to play him as a true left back at this yeah, point because he's, he's not a defender.
2: Basically, Florenzi walked so Zaleski could run.
0: <laughs> I, I would agree with that, and I would also say I just found this stat. Apparently, Mourinho is the manager to have included the most Primavera players in his regular squad rotations in the last decade at Roma.
1: I'm not um, surprised at all when you see all the guys that are getting looks to here, Bove, Bova, Zalewski. um probably bringing exactly. at least one more.
0: Yeah, and I mean, part of that is obviously the fact that, you know, as opposed to trying to bring in like six or seven players, each Mercado, we're now going after, like, I would say, bigger names, and kind of not splitting up the money as much. So we Mm -hmm. need to have those younger players actually play, which I think is a more sustainable way to approach squad development. Um, But beyond that, it's just very, it's very positive to me that, you know, for all the talk that we've always heard about how good Roma's academy is, that we're finally seeing some, you know, positive results from having such a good academy. I, I was, I'm really, honestly, for years, I've been very tired of things like, you know, Gianluca Scamaca being this really hyped up prospect. And then we just basically let him go for peanuts or, you know, even let's just be honest, like the David Fratezzi situation, like in, fantastic player, probably uh, Sassuolo's best player right now, a guy who I think will end up being one of those big buys that we have in the summer. Um, but still like, we're going to have to pay out the ass for him because, because yeah. we didn't give him the chance to well- develop in Rome. Well, all because we wanted um And because we wanted Defrell. Defrell. The name of this game to me thanks, for a second. Th- thanks EDF for, for giving us getting us Defrell in and making us give up uh, <laughs> making us give up Fratesi, who looks like a potential future cornerstone of the Azuri midfield, um in exchange for DeFrell. Ugh, what a terrible move.
1: <laughs> and we <laughs> luckily Jesus. I did that Sassuolo transfer piece over the break and they kind of evened out because Roma almost got their money back for DeFrail. So, in, in terms of like pure money, yeah. it, it, it kind of became a wash. But in terms of giving up Francesi and now probably having to pay 30 to 35 million, I'd imagine, over the summer, if, if all these rumors are to be true that he, he is coming to Rome at some point, it, it, that's where he, the loss is, right? Instead of having yeah. him develop on loan somewhere or something like that, if he wasn't truly ready for the first team. Yeah. Um, one I was Jim. just going to
0: say, I think that going back to what I was saying about making a few big purchases um, and, and like using Primavera players to kind of shore up the side, what I think is going to happen, like if I had to bet, I think that what's going to happen is that Roma buys a midfielder like Fratesi. Um, most likely for Tezzi because there's just been way too much smoke there. Um, and he's been very open about the fact that basically he only really wants to go back to Roma, yeah. Um, and then a young replacement for Rui Patricio. I think those are going to yes. be the two, I think those are going to be the two major purchases of the summer. Um, based off of the rumor mill, uh, my guess is that we're going to be going after Marco Carnesecchi, uh, who is a, a young goalkeeper currently on loan, I believe, at Cremonese. Uh, but he's owned by Atalanta. Uh, So my guess is that we'll be going after those two guys. Uh, We need, yeah, because Mourinho has shown that he can, in terms of building out the rotation, use those Primavera players. So you should be using the money that you would spend on rotation players in the market uh, on guys who are going to be consistent first team starters or, you know, have the potential to become key parts of a midfield rotation or your number one goalkeeping option.
1: Yeah, the other name is Vicario. I keep seeing too, um, Link. I don't know much about less, him. A little less flashy, a little older, but would be kind of a solid replacement from his time, at, from what we've seen at Empoli and Serie A. Um, yeah, but I so,
0: want Flash, man. I want, yeah, I want a yeah, flashy yeah. goalkeeper. No, I mean, I mean, <laughs> we're long-term. getting to the we've, we've, Yeah, we've had boring, like, okay, we've actually had a lot of really good goalkeepers over the past decade and a half. Like, we had Chesney, we had Alison. I would put Rui Patricio up there in terms of, like, in his first season in particular, he was quite good. I think the problem is that he's just old. And so, like, you know, goalkeepers show signs of age eventually. Uh, and even Morgan DeSantis, like, did a good job. Uh, so we've we've been blessed to have some pretty good goalkeepers over the years. Uh, it would be nice to have one who, like, you know, is kind of a star on the level of, like, a Donnarumma or a Mike Magnan or someone like that who, you know, you can just say, okay, we've got him. We're set at goalkeeper for the next decade.
1: Decade, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Karnaseki would be the, the flashy name in terms of, like, uh, potential. Um, we'll see where they want to go with their finances. One other player I thought had a really strong match yesterday was Mancini. I just wanted to give him a shout-out because I thought he was solid in the back. Um, Kumbula, too. Kumbula, yep. too. I th- thought the defense was solid, especially considering Small got a yellow card pretty early. Um, they kept it together. They didn't, now, obviously, not under the greatest amount of pressure with, with the man advantage for the most part, but I thought they they had a good game. Um, the player on the other side of the pitch, now, we're talking about midfield upgrades, and I, I do think Fratezzi comes, but if you're looking to really upgrade the midfield next season, how do you how do you like armorbat? Because I think he's mm. like that perfect anchor kind of player in the midfield where like a Fratesi and uh, Pellegrini players could play off him. Um, are you referencing because, I mean, the the
0: end of the match?
1: That, that, I, I saw those pictures but when you think about like what Roma lacks in the midfield right this is kind of I think what Montage was brought in to do too for the most part just uh um, maybe at, not on an every match basis I'm just going to read you his numbers here um because he, for a, a guy who was on a team down a man I thought he had a when you see his numbers are very strong he was 70 of 78 passing with 88 touches five of seven on long balls uh won four or seven ground duels I mean for Morocco he looked really good in the World Cup I know he's his star is kind of growing. He does take some some bad yellows sometimes. Welcome to you know if he comes to Rome, welcome to Roma because we've we've seen plenty of that. But I yeah. think it doesn't have to be necessarily him in particular. He would be an option depending on what because there are rumors he's in the leafy routine after this season. But just having that anchor in the midfield would be so big for Roma to have. Even if you bring in a Frazzey to like play off him and make his box to box returns because even at Sassuolo, Frazzey plays off of guys like Maxime Lopez and some of those other guys that'll sit deeper in the midfield. I I, I just think like. If Roma has that, a guy who can kind of be that metronome and dictate play a little bit, we'd be so much better off. Because so many times yesterday, especially before we were up a man, it was just hoof the ball along, hoof the ball along, hoof the ball along. And, like, we're, we're kind of bereft of ideas sometimes in attack in terms of building up. And Reno mentioned that post-match.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll just point out on the Amrabat front, front that, you know, the, the price point that's being bandied about for him is 50 million euros. And that, like, yeah. you Probably
1: know, the reason was why-
0: out. Yeah, the reason why Fretesi is such an intriguing option for Roma is because you know there's that thirty percent sell-on fee that we get if Sassuolo sells him to anybody other than us. That basically you know acts like a discount um, if we buy if we buy him back. Uh, yeah, I think that right now the rumor mill is saying he's probably headed to Atletico Madrid. I think he'll be very successful there, and he is the type of player that you need. And for Roma's midfield, the one thing that I would say that actually maybe to contradict the point that i just made is i'm not sure that it's always for the best to bring in a guy who's going to like basically demand to start every single match with the midfield players that we already have right like that's the one thing that i'm thinking about that if we've got pellegrini if we've got you know I, the, the positive of bringing in fantesi is that i think that he would probably be more amenable to the idea of being slowly brought in to the starting lineup you know being a rotational player and like developing into a very important midfield perpetual starting 11 pick. Um, Amrabat, you know, would demand a spot in the starting 11 from the word go. And I don't know who necessarily
1: would be booted if he was uh, brought in.
2: Well, See, I think I think it, that's it... Go ahead, Brandon, you go first. I was going to say, I think that's fine. If you want to, you know, go to the next level, I think obviously you have to manage egos, but that's what your manager is there for. So if you have a starter, the quality of Amrabat, and you can plug them in right away. That's kind of why you bring them in, especially for yeah. that price tag. Um and then from there, you know, it's on Maria Mourinho to navigate that situation and let it play out. I think he would be a great addition. I think I do agree, you know, the price point's a little high. Um they probably have already budgeted for uh for Tezzi and there's been talk of a potential Zaniolo sale if um, he doesn't get renewed, maybe the funds for that could, in theory, go to potential Amrabat um, war chest if, if the Freakens want to give Mourinho a big present, but I think um, ultimately, you know, as you said, he's he's linked to Atletico Madrid, but it would be cool to see Amrabat replicate the uh, Salah path of the Fiorentina to Roma to Liverpool pipeline because Amrabat was also linked <laughs> with Liverpool as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, And especially if Roma qualifies for Champions League, you need, as Mourinho would kind of say, two starters at every position, right? Because you're going to be playing kind of grueling matches uh, twice a week against better quality than you are in the Europa League right now. Um, And I I think in terms of midfield, when you're playing twice a week, you need to have a rotation, regardless whether that's you know Cristante maybe taking a backseat to Amrabat or a player like that to some extent. And Fratuzzi rotating in, and when Haldim hopefully bouncing back this year, and then if, if he's good, getting renewed, right? Mourinho's going to want that depth, especially if he decides to switch back to a back four at some point. He's going to need a little more midfield help, probably. Um, we'll see. It was just just an idea, and I, I just think that that's kind of what Roma lacks in terms of their build up. Um, in terms of the January mercato, Mourinho basically said post match, I'm not expecting any anyone. The general manager has been clear and honest. He said things during an interview that normally coaches not like to hear. So th- this is the squad, right? The hope is that Solbaken helps a little bit. Maybe they offload Shimura off because he's probably not going to play much with Solbaken here now. And then you're kind of hoping that when Haldim kind of becomes like your big winter signing, like he was supposed to be your second big summer signing um, to add to that midfield. But look, Bove got a start yesterday over Tahirovich, over Kamara. I don't know what's going on with Kamara. He has uh, kind of fallen off the radar a little bit here after the World Cup break when he looked like he had some potential so that'll, that'll be interesting, but I mean, don't expect anyone January. So Fratesi, hopefully the summer, and we'll see where they go otherwise. um, Yeah, I mean, and and I don't know. Uh, we're going to see. That's going to be something, I guess, to talk about later in the season, and I think a lot's going to depend on the Champions League qualification.
0: Yeah, but at this point, I said this before, um, Paolo Dybala seems intent on dragging Roma into the Champions League yeah. and screaming. Uh, despite many other players' best efforts, uh, he seems determined to get the top four spot. Uh, and I would say, you know, that does give me a lot of optimism. And that is why you sign a player like him. Uh, I I think that it is obvious that when he plays, this is a top four side. Um, the problem is that we can't necessarily always count on him playing. And so other players need to start stepping up so that, you know, he can have injuries, and we don't just totally crash down to earth Um, but something that we were talking about before was actually another Mourinho line saying you know as much as you know it's good that we're basically in the hunt for the top four it also says something about the other sides that it still is close Um, just because of the injury issues we've had because of the lack of depth that we sometimes have to deal with and I think that's very true Um, I think that you know congrats to Napoli after their de- demolition of Juve, they're probably going to win the Scudetto. Um, yeah, I, maybe I, maybe running away now. Yeah, but like everyone yeah. outside of them, uh, you know, has shown a lot of weaknesses. And I think that if there was a t- time for Roma to be able to seize on kind of the weakness outside of first place, uh, it would be now. And it certainly looks like, you know, looking ahead at the next several matches that we have, uh, I think that, you know, we should hopefully be winning that Spezia match. Um, that's coming up on Sunday. Uh, after that is Napoli. Uh, after that is the quarterfinal, which will most likely be Napoli again. So we'll get a back-to-back Napoli
1: serving. Oh, hopefully that, hopefully,
0: <laughs> hopefully that doesn't go too poorly. I will say the cult has been funny all,
1: so far, though.
0: And also, out of all of the big sides, uh, I feel like I'm act- like the three sides that I feel more confident against when Roma comes up against them are Napoli, um. Atlanta and Lazio. Like, those three, when we come up against them, I feel more confident than I do against others. Like,
1: that's just my uh, personal feeling. That's but, just my personal most feeling. Years, most years, yes, but, I mean, I think our worst match was Napoli this year. We did absolutely nothing against them. Yeah, we held out and held them to one really nice Osimon goal, but we sacrificed everything going forward to, to do See, that. See, the
0: thing is, yeah, but, like, that that anti-football is kind of, like, how Mourinho handles big matches. Like, that is, like, it's not going to... We're not going to see too many, like, how what what even was the final score of that Juve match? Was it 5-1, or was it even worse? Uh, I, think I think it was 5-1, 5-1
1: yeah. yeah. They almost yeah. doubled Juve's conceded in one match. Juve conceded seven before that all season, which was amazing to me.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, we're not going to probably see a 5-1 demolition by Roma. But I do have some optimism that, you know, at least for that Copa match, uh, there'll be something to get out of it, um, assuming that Napoli does make it to that next round of the Copa Italia.
2: My birthday is at the end of the month, so that's going to be a fun
1: time for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it could be, it'd be a really good birthday. It could be yeah, a really miserable yeah, birthday. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of the Copa, man, did we like break Milan with that goal last week? Because they lost up a man to Torino, and then they almost they almost lost this weekend to Lecce. They had to claw back and get two late goals to to get a point there.
0: My uh, hot take is
1: that yeah, I mean, my hot take <laughs> with Milan is that just
0: as they got they've been very lucky to be as successful this season as they have been despite all of their injuries and i think they're coming back to earth now like that's yeah. that's kind of my take like they sh- they were not with their injuries they should not be in second place they've been over they've been exceeding expectations which is good for them that requires a lot of effort and a lot of managerial competence Pioli is a great manager um but i would say that you know it's kind of natural that with all these injuries that they're going to be coming back to earth. Like you can't, you can't expect to be a top two side in Serie A um, perpetually with your backup goalkeeper playing, things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've been playing Ted in goal all season. Yeah. Right. I mean, he had, he was not that impressive. It's like what two years ago, he had a masterclass against us and like stole that match. Oh my God,
2: yeah, <laughs> I <remember> that. <laughs> yeah, I just remember that was
1: maybe the most pissed that was ever after a because that guy stood on his head, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. We're going to pause and take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be back to to look ahead a little bit and talk about the league in general because two through seven, really tight right now.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price, line
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: All right, so we're back from our quick commercial break. Uh, just want to talk a little bit about some of Mourinho's comments in the post-match, uh, including a very interesting one that we'll we'll, we'll end with, I think. But um, he was asked what did he make of the defensive efforts tonight and can the team improve at passing out from the back? Because that was the, that's the thing I noticed a lot with Roma. They seem kind of out of ideas, and it's hard for them to, to work the ball at the back. A lot of times it's either... Mancini hoofing it long and he he could be very accurate at times. Cristante the same from deep in the midfield and it's hard for them to, to build up unless they can get the ball to like a Dybala who's dropping deep into the midfield and, and bringing it up and progressing it from the back. So this is what he said. At least there is not a camera on me all the time to watch my reactions. As I said before, we play with the quality that we have. Some coaches can play great football, others less. So we try to find a balance between the qualities we have issues we have and the results we are able to get. We are up against a great side with great players who are coached by someone who I have a, a lot of time for. When you have an extra man, you usually have more of the ball. We controlled the game, but without possession, because I think it was a 52-48 split for Roma. We did that because we were very well organized defensively. Bove was like a dog out there. He's one who runs, who moves the ball, who puts in a lot of hard work. He's learning a lot. He's really smart. And I'm really happy with him. Zalewski, Volpato, and Tahirovich, too. Mar- marash Mirage Kambula is a true pro. If you want to talk about a pecking order, then right now he's the fourth center back, but he's played two great games in a row. A side that plays with three at the back, but only has four center backs is often going to get into difficulty. But Mirage did really well tonight with Ibani's out. Mirage always seems to respond well. Whoever is out, he works really hard and can play well even if he's not playing often. So um he he Mourinho is admitting limitations to the side. We talked about it all season. Um, and I guess his reactions are rather animated on the sidelines in terms of how his team tries to to play the ball up up the pitch.
0: Yeah, that doesn't necessarily surprise me. The manager does set rules and guidelines for how a team is supposed to play. There's 90 minutes of play happening plus stoppage time on the field, and he's not dictating everything. It's not like football where every play is thought out exactly and yeah. described to perfection. Um so it can I can imagine it's frustrating for a, a manager to see you know bad habits or you know fearful possession or things like that happen over and over again um I will also know for Cambola just because I feel like we've given him a lot of crap over the over the years that he was apparently playing with a broken finger as well uh and that's not necessarily that difficult in terms of actually kicking the ball but still you're going to be in a lot of pain if you're playing with a broken finger, most likely. So props to him for putting in a really good shift. Uh, This match more than any that I've seen in the past couple months did confirm to me, you know, that there is a, in a perfect world, there should be enough minutes for him to be, you know, a solid part of that defensive rotation. He's, he's showing when he gets minutes that he can play Um, to the broader point. Yeah. I don't really know how you fix what Marine is describing, but it definitely seems like it's happening.
1: Yeah, and before Brandon goes, it just uh he also had another quote a little earlier in the, the comments with the, the the sideline reporters and he said he would like to see a bit more quality, see a few more players who wanted to get on the ball in terms of tactical organization, the mentality can only say good things, but we need a bit more confidence on the ball. We play with the quality we have and we do our best. And I think that's what it is. They're well set up, right? Mourinho's teams are always gonna be well set up. They they work like dogs, they're tough. We saw that against Milan, they don't give in, but they need players, and I think this is where Genie comes in if he's fit and healthy. They people that want the ball at their feet all the time. That's that's like what we see with DiBalo all the time, right? He always wants the ball at his feet and he makes things happen with it.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, that goes back to even you know, what we we're talking about with the uh, hypothetical with Amrabat coming in um, and having a ready made starter to so plug in these days. You see the players that have that type of price tag tend to be the ones that, you know, will drop deep and, uh, want the ball at their feet and make things happen from there as the ball does. does. Um, but going back to Kambola, I, I do think the key takeaway from yesterday is, you know, just highlighting the quality that he does have. I think it is unfortunate that we can't get him more minutes. And I think being a player as young as he is, uh, you know, you start, you start to worry a little bit about maybe um, Kambola having his eyes set on getting some more game time next season. Um, I think you can interpret Marino's comment also to not, not not necessarily a warning shot, but maybe a reminder to the other center backs in the room. Hey, you know Kabula, when he's in, he does the job, and um, so you guys got to give 100%. Keep up um, the level of performance that you're uh, giving these days. So I, you know, hopefully over the over the next. You know, this half of the season, Mourinho can get him some more minutes and we can give him more opportunities to shine. Because as we've seen uh, the last few times he's been in, he's been pretty good, particularly yesterday. Um, So I do I would like to see more of him. But um, and, you know, big shout out to him, actually, because when Smalling got that yellow card so early on in the match, I was I was thinking that we were done for to be honest I thought Smalling would pick up you know a second in yellow at some point in the match just by virtue of Fiorentina going at him again and again and then from there you start to worry how Roma can cope with that but um, thanks to players like Kambola stepping up a little bit where Smalling had to back off Roma avoided that scenario thankfully so shout outs to him on that but I definitely do want to see more of him going forward
1: yeah, I, I think and I think Mancini is actually one yellow away from suspension, so he'll get a match in the next few probably, uh, you know, in, in by default. But I think they do have to find ways to work him in because you never know when you might need him. Say and gets you know injured and is out for a month. Hope, oh, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But if something like that happens, then he's going to be relied on heavily. And like Mourinho said, when you when you're playing a back three and you only have four center backs, it could put you in a tough position. Like because then if you have an injury and then a suspension in the same match, you're looking at like. Uh, Sel- Selic or Vino or Spinat or somebody playing as like a, a makeshift, you know, third center back. So definitely uh, some things to keep in mind. And I think getting him those minutes is going to be important to make sure he is is fully ready when the time comes again. And then just uh, on that, you know, on the ball stuff, Mourinho was asked later it, by reporters, you know, how can Roma find those improvements and continue to improve on the ball? And interestingly enough, he he said because he knows players aren't coming in right now. By bringing through the young kids, Tahirovich has that quality, but he needs time to improve. He needs minutes. He started against Bologna. He played 30 minutes at the San Siro. He played today as well. He's an example of a player that can help the team improve because he has a quality in the middle of the park. Among the four defenders, we will find one that has a better idea of how to move the ball. To tell you the truth, I think Kambula is the one that does that the best. From a defensive perspective at the moment, the real animal is Ibanez because he's very, very quick and eats anything that comes into his area of the pitch. We need to find different solutions. We cannot buy Mudrich for a hundred million. Speaking of the, the Ukrainian that Chelsea just dropped uh, a cool hundred million on. Um, So interesting. He's saying, you know, these young players like to hear, these are the answer for us right now. It's not a, an answer. Some Romanese or maybe Mourinho supporters like to hear, cause they're so used to him getting shiny toys on the market from teams. And he knows that's not the, you know, solution at Roma. And he was also asked about a formation change and he said, it is not an option because there are, are a lot of players who can't play with the back four. We need to hide our issues, not allow the team, uh other teams, to expose them. So we're we're going to see the back three from here on out, at least until the summertime. And Tahirovich might be getting a lot of minutes moving forward if if things play out the way Mourinho liked them to.
0: Yeah, I mean, like we saw basically after his first start, like a lot of reports suggesting that he sees Tahirovich as a central element of the plan going forward which I was surprised by because we didn't see that for Zaleski or even so he must be really like he's been reasonably impressive on a match-to-match basis but he must be really impressing on the training ground and that's that's exciting um it's good that we're kind of having that situation because as you said Steve we don't really have unlimited funds to be buying 100 million
1: euro players every every Mercado Right, maybe he's not on Amrabat's level yet, but, or Matic's prime level, but maybe Tahirovic is that player that Mourinho sees in the next couple of years.
2: Yeah, I will say uh, with Tahirovic, you know, Roma, when he came on the match, Roma were on the back foot at that point in time, and then Roma seemed to settle in very nicely once he, once he was introduced, and then that's when you get the second goal. Um, shout out to Cristante with the hockey assist. Uh, to Tammy to, <laughs> to, to before he sends it follows way. But yeah, I, I definitely would like to see more of him. I think I I was very comfortable with what I saw yesterday. And then just seeing how the tone of the match completely shifted when he was introduced was reassuring. I know he was the singular substitution. Matic and Spinozola were there to help out as well. But definitely like what I saw from him.
0: Uh, somewhat related since we're talking about young players. I think that maybe the best endorsement of Zalewski, who we've already talked about a bunch, is that I haven't really been feeling like we've been missing Spinatola. Like strength because Zalewski's been so good, I think. Yeah, that's, I mean, to me, it definitely just seems like, I don't know what to make, of, I guess this is kind of what we knew we were getting when we signed him in the first place. That he's a guy who, when he can play, can be fantastic, but just can't necessarily keep fitness very well. Um, but so it's great that Z- Zaleski has stepped up because I think we'd be in an even worse position if we didn't have a actual replacement for Spinazzola at left wing
1: back um, already in the team. Yeah, he's been disappointed this year because pre-injury right and then for italy during the world cup i mean he was outstanding outstanding Euros, yeah zeros yeah, i meant a uh, world cup shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was probably we still been in one of those for a while was, yeah. yeah exactly uh, <laughs> um, um <no. laughs> uh, hopefully we'll be back in three years but anyway um yeah i mean we we got so accustomed to him being like otherworldly prior to the injury and he showed flashes you know since but he has not been the same player it's a tough injury to come back from. From for a speedster like him, I'm hoping he does get it back together so that he can be, um, you know, at least a, a reasonable, you know, strong alternative to Zalewski. Zalewski is the out and out starter at this point. But to Tahirovic, going back to to Brandon's point, he settled things down against Milan a bit too. Like he he is cool, calm, and collected for a 19 year old kid stepping into a match where his team is down by two goals at the San Siro against a, a strong Milan side. So, there's a lot of potential there. I mean, we mentioned it last week, Jimmy and I. He was 15 of 15 passing, two of two on long balls when he came into that match at the San Siro, uh, including a key pass. So, he is a guy that does not get rattled very easily. And I I am excited to see where he can progress and, um, you know, finding the right matches for Maybe it's against Spezia next week. If, you know, Pellegrini's not 100%, you want to rest him up for Napoli or something like that, or if uh, Zaniolo's not back. And credit to Bobe for getting rewarded with another start uh, yesterday after. Like Marino said, he works like a dog. He he does good things. So these kids have some potential, and and that's good to see because even the best sides. You think about the Barcelonas when they were really dominant, like maybe like seven eight years ago. A lot of those players were homegrown. They came through the Barcelona youth ranks, and, and that's when they were at their best. And then then they got themselves into financial issues, buying big stars to go along with them. But you know those players, a lot of them came through the system. And and the best clubs have to develop at least some of their own talent. You know it's great to have unlimited funds, but you still got to develop talent at some point like that's why you have a youth system um last marino quote and this is i think the most interesting one we were mentioned before we got on uh it's kind of looking at the the table as a whole we mentioned right now i'll just go through two through seven milan on 38 points juve and inter both on 37 and it's lazio Atalanta, and roma all on 34 points right now so spots two through seven is a four point gap with 20 matches left. we will hit the halfway point of the a calendar next week because the World Cup things are pushed back a little bit in terms of halfway point Roma's right there uh it feels like maybe they're a little farther away when you look at the table because you see them down at seven but it's really a three-way tie for fifth and it's just goal differential that hurts Roma which is because they don't score a lot of goals um and then after that they're they're pretty safe right I mean Udinese's 25 points in eighth place so a European spot will be Roma's will be a conference league a Europa League or Champions League spot is really going to come down to how Roma performs and how these other teams perform and Mourinho brought up an interesting point so (laughs) following the match he said we try to improve despite our limits there's one thing that seems very obvious to me if we are four points behind second place with these players three points from the others there's something wrong with the others they have quality rosters but they're right there in front of us the question is not why we are where we are but why they are where they are in terms of league standings we're three points behind Inter four behind Milan Either we have become better or others deserve your attention and speculation. We want to improve things. We have improved our playmaking from the back. We have changed our ways of pressing the opponent. We are a more compact team. We do what is possible and we will try to win against Spezia. So in in some ways, acknowledging Roma's limits, kind of playing the Mourinho mind games and, and using that as a barb against the bigger, more wealthy clubs of the North who really on paper should be farther ahead of Roma, especially with the way Roma has performed a front of goal. And what do you guys make of that?
0: I think it's true. Um I think that Milan and Juve in particular have been very underwhelming this season compared to what I expected from them. Uh I think that Inter uh has been very underwhelming compared to what I expected from them. Uh I would say that if I had to bet I think that I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if these two clubs two of the three clubs that are currently standing at 34 points when the season is over uh are ahead are in those champions league slots um i think that it's pretty likely just based on overall form that at least one of those clubs and probably two will leapfrog uh those the northern clubs in the champions league spots uh yeah i I, Juve has slowly but surely gotten back into the swing of things after a very poor start like a historically bad start um but it's not like they're playing super exciting football either and they just had that you know, socked to the jaw from Napoli. So who knows what's going to happen now? Um, There are a lot of questions, I think, uh, about the quality of pretty much every side from one through seven. And with, except for Napoli, because Napoli have been phenomenal. Uh, So we'll see what happens in that two through seven slot. If I, I I would say, I think I have some faith that Roma can get to the Champions League uh, looking ahead, especially if Paolo Dybala plays the way that he's been playing.
1: So you mentioned Jimmy like if I was willing to bet. So I'll give you what the the books are giving the odds right now for top 4 finish before Brandon goes. Um they don't even give for Napoli cuz they are pretty much locked in. They're not going to give you like minus 2000 uh, 2000 or anything cuz they don't want to lose any money, but uh Inter Milan -800, AC Milan -700, Juve -200, Roma +150, Atalanta +225 and Lazio +500 in terms of finishing in a top 4 place. So they're still favoring the three northern sides. They're viewing Juve as the weakest of those three and the most susceptible to being caught by by Roma as the the fourth favorite to get in one of those uh, three spots.
0: I'm gonna be honest. I don't necessarily. I'm not. I'm not a regular better, so I don't know how to interpret those numbers too much. <laughs> so basically, a
1: hundred bucks. Uh, if you put a hundred bucks down, you would win one fifty on Roma. Whereas, like if you put a hundred down on Juve, you would only get fifty bucks. because they're minus two hundred, so it's like one to two odds. And enters one to eight, so they're they're pretty big favorites. Them in Milan at one to seven. Mm. I guess I would. I, I have more faith in Roma just because
0: they have. Like we'll see how they play against Napoli is probably the biggest the biggest point that I'll make. I think that if we if these two matches where we're likely playing Napoli in a row at the end of the month uh, go well, and by well I mean you know a draw in the league and maybe advancing in the Copa, uh, then I have a lot more faith in this club going forward for
1: the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. yeah so. Go ahead, Brandon.
2: Uh, I was going to say, I also, very, you know, it's, it, Mourinho's assessment is accurate. Um, I think in terms of the, the outlook for Champions League, Napoli obviously locked in uh, where they ultimately finish. Who's to say, because I do think they'll hit a rough patch and maybe that opens the door for somebody to seal the scoot up away from them. But I think we can all agree it'll probably be either one or two for Napoli. And then Juve, I thought they were going to, with Di Maria and Pogba returning and, um, you know, just them becoming more healthy generally. I know they have their own issues from an organizational standpoint, but on the pitch, I thought that they were rounding form at the right time and having players come back at the right time to the point that they would probably pit Napoli for the Scudetto. I think now that they got punched in the jaw. It'll be interesting to see how they rebound, but I think that they'll ultimately still qualify. So then that leaves the two Milan sides to to be the ones to drop out. I think on paper, Inter is still, you know, definitively one of the three best sides in the league with, with the players that they have. So um, they've been very shaky, but sometimes form just ends up winning out. So I think I would default to them being the third team. So then it's on Roma to overtake Milan and hold off the other ones, which I think that they could do. Um, Cause we talked about how it might be about that time where uh, Milan finally turns, you know, back to, uh, you know, reverse to form regresses to the mean a little bit and, and stops being on this tear that they've been on. Um, and I think they can do it for the reasons that Jimmy mentioned. Um, and I think, but I think ultimately it hinges on the health of Dybala if this team isn't bringing anybody in, um, in this window, which we know is probably going to be the case. So, um, you know, fingers crossed for Paulo's help.
1: Yeah. It, it really showed in these few matches since the restart when he is fit and he is healthy. He is just at another level, right? He, he's La Jolla for a reason. He just is like Jim mentioned early in the show. He's the most talented player on this team since Toti. All due respect to De Rossi, who is probably my favorite player of all time. Just the talent level with Dybala, what he can do on the ball is just another level of anybody. But Totti, um, looking at Roma's calendar, though, we you know Mourinho mentioned Spetsy on Sunday away, um, a match Roma on paper should win, right? Then it's then it's a away to Napoli, and then maybe a away to Napoli again in the quarterfinals of the Copa. But outside of that, listen to the next bunch of matches. Now Salzburg will be mixed in come February in the the, the two legs of the Europa League. But the Serie A calendar for Roma. Is very uh winnable. A bunch of winnable games. Home for Empoli on February fourth. Away to Lecce on February eleventh. Uh, then it's Salzburg away midweek, and then it's home for Verona on February nineteenth. Uh, home for Salzburg on the Thursday, and then away to Cremonese on February twenty eighth. So getting through the month of February, Roma, if they can hit their stride, especially in the league, can really put the pressure on those other sides because the calendar is very favorable to them. Even if say they drop three points at Napoli right? I would say that's what you kind of have to expect on paper. And then if Roma can get a point or three, then it's like a big bonus for them and table, because, you know, if you're looking at Spezia, Empoli, Lecce, Verona, Cremonese, say they draw one of those matches because, you know, they tend not to be perfect, right? You could still pick up like 13 out of 15 points in those matches. You give yourself a pretty good chance of, of get, keeping in that top four race and maybe pushing into the top four where right now you're on the outside looking in, um, because this week coming up, um, there's two big matches in, in the rest of the league where Juve hosts Adelante on Sunday. Atalanta was coming off an 8-2 thumping of Soler and Itana, feeling good about themselves. And Lazio hosts Milan on Tuesday. I guess it's pushed back a little bit because of uh, their Copa match. It's a little bit later in the, the calendar week, but it's still part of match day 19. Two of those, at minimum, two of those four sides have to drop points. Possibly all four could drop points if they we see two draws, which would be the best result for Roma, probably. So... A win at Spezia is imperative on Sunday, in my opinion, with Napoli looming next weekend.
0: Yeah. Uh, The next, uh, I mean, we've been saying this for months now, but I think that if Roma can actually keep pace with the other clubs and win the matches they need to win, like this Fiorentina match, um, they can be in really good shape. And that's critical because we all know that Champions League football is basically a must for this club. Uh, heading into next season, at whether or not, if we want to keep Mourinho, if we want to keep Tim Abraham, if we want to keep Dybala, if we want to have the financial wherewithal to actually bring in new players, uh, a lot is riding on Champions League football for us. So it's very encouraging that, you know, so far this year, we've been getting the job done.
2: Yeah, we spoke about it at the beginning of the season where we were when the schedule came out, we said, hey, this is a pretty favorable schedule in terms of, uh how spaced out these big matches are um and we qualify that by saying we need to see how the Europa League knockout draw um and the Copa draw shakes out see who we are matched up against obviously we have the potential of playing Napoli twice in the span of a few days um with the Copa but the you know going up against Salzburg who are who are a decent team for sure mm-hmm. but you know it's it's not it's not Barcelona um yeah. so it's it's one that you can navigate, but again, the the Serie A fixtures that surround it uh, allow you to kind of um, you know take it one game at a time because you can in the league you'll be you'll be favored over each of the teams you're matched up against, yeah. and then Salzburg is probably going to be fifty fifty. Um, but you you feel good with Mourinho as your manager going into that. So February, like Steve said, could be a very good month for the team um, and. As like uh, like I said, um, as we were discussing when the schedule release, they pick up form at the right time, they could be right there at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and I think you're right, in terms of being favored against the Leches and the Veronas and, and carmenese's when you play those teams wrapped around Salzburg, it gives Mourinho that opportunity to rotate in the league a little bit to have your best eleven for Salzburg. And we know Mourinho a knockout football, he knows how to navigate it and and with a schedule like this, it gives you an opportunity if when Haldim's back by the end of the month ready to like rejoin the club in terms of matches, you can work him in for 15 minutes at the end of Empoli or 25 minutes then against Verona a week later or something where he can build up that fitness for when those big matches roll around in March against Juve and Lazio and April against Atalanta. And then toward the end of April where Milan and Inter are back-to-back weekends with Mons in between in a midweek, you can really have at your disposal your best players, hopefully, if everyone can stay fit and I think one thing that can't be overlooked for Roma is that they've already gone to Juve got a point yeah. went to the San Siro against Inter and Milan and got four points those three clubs will have to come to Rome and they did lose to Adelante at home but Atalanta is a much better road team than they are home team uh yeah. over the last few seasons so there's an opportunity to get a win in Bergamo maybe if they can kind of keep that form that they've had at, in Bergamo last season and Lazio yeah it's a, and it's an away match but it's in the olympico right so they're not really traveling to any hostile environments except for the um san paulo next in two weeks other than that everybody's got to come to rome and if they can make the olympico back into a fortress like they have done in past seasons fortune could favor rome in terms of the calendar we'll
2: be crossing our fingers yeah the the key is to not get blown out by napoli and create that whole winter slump yeah 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 yeah. so that'll be key
1: (laughs) Yeah, that that I think comes down to it. And and the back-to-back will be tough, but I, I think Mourinho will manage it in a way that it'll limit the damage if Roma does get get undone, right? I mean, you saw the way we played them at the Olympico. We held them to one yeah. really nice Ossiman goal that was almost a zero zero, Awful offensive match from us, but to hold them to one goal is impressive when you see that them <laughs> pouring five on a Juve side that had conceded seven in 17 matches, which is, is crazy. So it just shows their potential and, you know, our ability to limit damage and hopefully we can do that in two weeks but first it's all about spezia um so keep up with us on our site rumble will get a little midweek break the players can actually train and rest and and uh and then again next week ahead of napoli and then it's going to be a, a busy end of january beginning of february with pot- potentially napoli twice so keep up with all the work on the site thanks for listening and guys anything you want to leave the listeners with
2: keep believing <laughs> i'll co-sign it <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I am optimistic. Uh, if we can beat Spezia on Sunday, I will be very optimistic about that February calendar as long as we can, like you guys mentioned, keep it close against Napoli and, and just stay mentally strong. And we've seen Marina be able to do that. So here's to hoping. And uh, thanks again for listening to another episode of Across the Romiverse.